This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill with Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. Hello, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz. You know, uh, we have a security guard on campus who served two terms in Iraq, and he talks about being there with over 100-degree heat and having to fight in those conditions. We're being asked to stay home, and I think we can do this, you know, uh, as part of our service. So I hope everybody's paying attention and taking care of themselves. I was, uh, I am part of Generation X, known as the Slacker Generation. This is our time to shine. We can sit on the couch and watch Netflix for as long as our country needs us to stay away from other people, which is a joke because I'm in the studio. Professor Gerson is joining us uh, from the empty University of Mississippi School of Law. And we have attorney Craig Robertson, who's joining us on the phone. It's always great to have Craig on the show. Uh, He has been on the show many times, and he's a wonderful guest. And Craig, you've got a new podcast. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that and how we can listen to that? Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me on the show this morning. I'm a Generation Xer also. And um, But I'm sitting in my office as well. We are taking lots of precautions and being careful about our interaction with the general public. But, yes, speaking of Netflix, I've got another way for folks to um, engage themselves in some interesting content while the world is on lockdown. We've got a new podcast. Uh, it's all about Mississippi family law. Um, and it's really a, a podcast about people's stories. Um, that's what we do as family law attorneys. We work in people's stories and we tell their stories, we communicate their stories and help them write a new story. And so that's what our podcast is all about. We um, interview lots of counselors and um, uh, we've got former Hines County Chancellor Bill Singletary who did an episode with us. We've done episodes with with Jim Corber from Hattiesburg, who's a certified valuation specialist and accountant who helps us in um, divorce cases. And But the, the best episodes are always those that are story-driven, where we tell the stories of people who have walked through life transition. Well, it sounds great. I can't wait to I can't wait to listen. And uh, and uh, Jim Corber is a wonderful person. I know Jim really well. And uh, you know, you got I, I know it's going to be great. And, and we're so lucky to have you on the show today. And we're going to be talking about divorce, but we we can't ignore the coronavirus. So, how do clients meet you in this this time? I and mean, how do you take what precautions are you taking? Well, the precautions we've taken basically is just to limit our contact with the general public. We, um, here at the office, we're a small office anyway. We've only got four or five people, and so we have um, some of our team who have child care issues, you know, with schools out and daycares closed. So, um, thankfully, several years ago, we went totally online, so our, our full system is in the cloud. I can, I can work from anywhere in the world, just like I'm sitting at my desk with the technology available. It hasn't always been that way. That's been, you know, of course, the last 10 years or so that we've been able to do that. But already yesterday, I'm, I'm doing my meetings by telephone and by 
um, FaceTime and uh, whatever means the comfortable is uh, the client is comfortable with. And so far, so good. You know, a lot of our work is desk-related work anyway, at least the daily work is. Um, a lot of the courthouses are making different decisions. I got a notice this morning that um, Hines County had cleared their docket. And so we're just kind of taking it day by day with regard to actual court appearances. Um, our assumption in the at least not-too-distant future is that most of those will be continued. Craig, what does cleared the docket mean? Cleared the docket. So um, basically a judge has a role of cases that they deal with on any given day. And so that is called the docket. And so I tell my clients when we go to court, it's like calling roll. There might be one thing on the docket. There might be 11 things on the docket. So a docket is the court's list of activity that it is going to be engaging in in a particular day. And if someone was on the docket, would they be notified that they were cleared? Well, if they have an attorney, they absolutely should have um, notified um, their clients that the docket has changed. And, you know, we have great attorneys in Mississippi, and um, that's one of our jobs is communicating with our clients. And so um, that would be the source of communication would be their attorney. Now, if the litigant was pro se, meaning they did not have an attorney, um, they might not find out that the docket was cleared until they actually showed up. Um, which which happens, I mean, you know, depending on the size of the court's docket. Well, you know, Craig, I, I do hope you can come back when we have a full show and, and maybe when, you know, we're past uh, our current uh, situation. But um, so what do you want your clients to do? What should they prepare uh, when they want to get a divorce and they come to you? And especially now in these times where they may have to come electronically, what, what kind of information should they have for you? What will make your job easier? What will make it easier for them? Yeah, so we've developed some simple intake information. Basically, you know, a divorce, like I said before in reference to the podcast, we need to know their story. We need to know a client's story. And so that starts with basic biographical information. Who are they? Who are their children? Where do they live? You know, what what do they do for um, for work? And then we dig into uh, financial information. Um, that's basically the biggest part of uh, one of the biggest parts of a divorce, of course, is the reorganization of a family's financial circumstances. And after we have gotten the background information and we have gotten an overview of the financial situation, that's when I just allow the clients to tell me their story. And based on their story and their objectives, that's how we advise a client about what their next steps might be. Sometimes the next step for a client is not to do anything. And sometimes uh, we need to make, you know, take aggressive steps. I mean, in the current climate that we're in now, you know, we don't know from day to day uh, what um, tomorrow is going to bring and what our access to the court system is going to bring. But we've seen lots of people who have had their financial um, circumstances change very rapidly. We have retirement account balances that are that are that are going down sharply. Um, you know, interest rates are dropping, so there are. There are issues that are circulating around that, and some of the most pressing issues, I think, are visitation-related issues. Um, For example, my child traveled internationally, um, and so an understandable concern for people who are parenting children who might not live in the same home would be these visitation issues and exposure to, you know, the virus. 
It's so it's so it's really a different time. And I, I know people need lawyers like you more than ever. Uh, and so, you know, what I, let's talk a little bit about that. I, let's say somebody wants to get a divorce, uh, but their spouse doesn't <laughs> want that divorce. Is there anything they can do? Well, yes, Mississippi is a very unique place. Uh, there are three major components to any divorce in Mississippi. Uh, number one, you have the divorce itself. Uh, number two, you have issues concerning children. And number three, you have property distribution, which includes alimony. So the first component of a divorce case in Mississippi involves the divorce itself. You can get a divorce basically two ways. You can get a divorce if you have a legally recognized reason or if you agree. Now, there are uh, several legally recognized reasons for divorce, although there are you know, hundreds of reasons that people get a divorce. But in Mississippi, we are still a place where you have to either have the agreement of your spouse or be able to prove you have a legally recognized reason. Now, that that seems like that might be moving toward a change with the Obergefell decision, which is the uh, same-sex marriage Supreme Court decision. And so there are there are some challenges that we're seeing to the law as as to the way it's written right now. In other words, if there is a freedom to associate, there should be a freedom to disassociate. That's that's the basic argument. And so that may be changing in the next few years in Mississippi, but right now you either have to have a reason or an agreement to get a divorce. And sometimes people who don't want to be married anymore have to stay married uh, because they don't have a legally recognized reason and their spouse won't agree. Well, I, that's I, it's so interesting. I know, Liz. I think we have a caller. We do. We're going to go to Biloxi, and uh, Craig from Biloxi has called in. Thanks for calling into our show. Uh, in legal terms, go ahead. Okay. Uh, how do I find out where divorce records are? Uh, I, I got married in Mississippi decades ago, and and I lost track of my wife and. She, I, I got hold of her one one time, and she said she was divorced. But I don't know where those records are. How do you find that? Yeah, so you would find those records in the Chancery Court of the county, where the divorce might have happened. And so you can um, you can look up the number to the particular. Um, to the particular courthouse where that might have taken place and speak to the chancery clerk and provide some basic background information and they could they could point you in the right direction. Okay, that divorce could have happened anywhere in the US. Well, that might that would make it a little bit more difficult. Now, if you if you knew that it happened in a particular county in Mississippi, uh, for, I live and work in Madison County, Mississippi, and if I knew that the proceeding has ha- had happened in Madison County, it'd be relatively easy to find. But if you don't have any, if you don't, don't know where clue. those, yeah, that that would be a little bit more difficult. That that might yes. be something that you would have to so engage. What, should, of. should I should I do another divorce proceeding? Myself, or or is that possible? What what would I do? I, mean, I I got married in Mississippi, and I accidentally ran into her in Florida, uh, and found out that she was with someone else. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what her legal status is, but she said she was divorced. Now now, rather than take that as gold, I would like to make sure I have some pa- a paper in front of me says it's, it's legal. 
Well, then that might be something that you would consider doing is following through with your own independent divorce proceedings in Mississippi based on abandonment. And that way you definitely 100 percent have, you know, a clear um, a clear understanding of the divorce actually being final, because certainly people say things that aren't true all the time. So you may be divorced. You may not be divorced. Great. Okay. Thank you, Craig. Craig, remember, there are 82 Mississippi counties, so uh, I'm sure you'll be able to find. You said the Chancery Court, Craig Robertson, that's where he would contact? Right. So the Chancery Court is the court that deals with the divorce and family law issues. It also deals with issues concerning children and lunacy, but that's a, that's a court that I work in most of the time is the Chancery Court. The Circuit Court is the court of general jurisdiction, and that's where criminal matters and personal injury type matters and contract disputes and things like that take place. By the way, Liz, I, th- you know, I was looking at uh, Craig's website, and we're, since we're not going to have a full hour, his, the information on his website is great. It's robertson.ms. Uh, and uh, they have their podcast there. They have all their services. Some really good information generally about uh, what to think about in a divorce and, and divorce situations. So, uh, you know, including things like uh, child support, business owner divorce, stay-at-home mom divorce. So lots of different uh, circumstances that he deals with and his partner, uh, Michelle Easterling. Yeah, it's Matt. It's Matt Easterling, and um, thank you for mentioning the website because we—that's one of the things that we pride ourselves in doing—is providing lots of information to the general public about the work that we do. And I and I've made a couple of uh, simple little videos, three or four minute videos that explains the basics of divorce in Mississippi. Um, I do encourage people that are considering a divorce or um, their spouse is considering a divorce to talk to an attorney who works in their local jurisdiction, their local, their town, their city, and and have a consultation with them. Some attorneys charge for consultations. We charge for consultations, but some attorneys don't charge for consultation. And so that's, that's really the best place to start is to sit down with an attorney. Again, just having an initial meeting with an attorney is not going to be a life-changing financial um, financial um, endeavor. It's just, you know, usually two, three, four hundred dollars to do a consultation with an attorney. And it's possible that you can proceed with a divorce without an attorney in Mississippi. I just would never recommend it. And please, please ask Matt to forgive me because uh, he is one of our grads, and I know that. And I just there's also a Michelle Easterling, another good lawyer who practices. So, uh, but I knew it was Matt, and I'm sorry to to have uh, made that mistake. It's all good. Matt's doing a me- Matt's out doing a mediation today, and um, so he's probably not listening. So he won't. Even, he'll never know. Well, that's good. That's good. Now, um, in the time that we have left, what, I mean, so what? What would you talk a little bit about? You, you mentioned property division. Um, how does that all take place? Well, everybody during the course of their marriage accumulates property, whether it is physical property, personal property, whether it's retirement accounts, whether it's a home. Most Mississippians, their biggest assets are going to be a home and possibly a retirement account. And so with regard to division of property, the first step is to identify marital property. And basically, marital property is anything that 
people have accumulated during the course of their marriage based on their energy. So there's marital property versus non-marital property. So marital property is created by one's energy during the course of a marriage. Uh, Non-marital property comes into a marriage either at the beginning of a marriage or um, by gift or inheritance without the energy of one of the parties to the marriage. Now, non-marital property can change into marital property if certain conditions exist, like um, family use of a home or commingling, which would be you know, putting non-marital and marital money together. So step one is to identify marital property. Step two is to value property. A home can be appraised. You can look at an account statement for a retirement account. For a vehicle, you can look at different websites, Kelly Blue Book, Edmonds, to obtain the value of a vehicle. So step one is to identify. Step two is to value. And step three is to divide. And in Mississippi, we don't do equal division, we do equitable division. And equitable does not always mean equal division. And so those are the steps for property distribution. Property distribution is relatively straightforward. Um, Most circumstances, a person can expect to receive 40 to 60 percent of the marital estate, depending on the dynamics of the particular situation. What gets a little bit more difficult is alimony, because unlike child support, where we have some guidelines, we don't have those same sorts of guidelines in alimony. And so that is a little bit more difficult to to determine. And that's where an experienced attorney can really help out uh, a Mississippian who is possibly facing property distribution and alimony. Now, is, is alimony determined before child support is determined or, or afterwards? Because that could make a big difference for someone since child support does have guidelines, uh, and your income would go down if you have to pay alimony on top of child support. So uh, do they calculate alimony first? Well, it's all calculated contemporaneously. Obviously, not every divorce has has children. Um, but for, for child support, there's pretty straightforward guidelines. For one child, it's 14% of after-tax income. For two children, it's 20% of after-tax income. For three children, it's 22%. And and it goes up from there. And so when I say after-tax income, that is one's income from all sources um, minus state and federal taxes, minus Social Security, Medicare. And then the remaining amount is the amount from which child support is calculated. There, there's also mandatory insurance and mandatory retirement that's sometimes taken into consideration. But most attorneys uh, and judges, you know, for most Mississippians, the child support calculation is is very straightforward. And then you have to look at people's living expenses. The one of the most important documents in any. Mississippi divorce case is a financial declaration, which is, we call the 805, named from the Uniform Chancery Court Rule 805, which requires litigants in a divorce to exchange financial information. And so it really is case-specific with regard to the particular needs of a family. Well, that makes sense. You know, it concerns me a little bit, though, the calculation of child support uh, being based on taxable income because alimony used to be a deductible amount uh, prior to 2019. But anyone who is getting divorced now, that alimony would come out and not reduce their taxable income. So it seems like they'd be paying potentially more child support than they would have previously, even if they're paying alimony. 
that's the biggest change that has happened in other than the Obergefell case. Uh, the biggest change in Mississippi family law has been um, where litigants no longer. The, Alimony, the tax consequences of alimony are now straightforward. The, the payor does not get a deduction, and the, the recipient does not include alimony um, for income tax purposes. And it used to, that would be the source of a lot of negotiation, because it, it makes a, a big difference depending on the income level. Craig Robertson, we've loved having you on our show. We'll make sure everyone knows that your podcast is Robertson Easterling. We'll have a link to your website site on uh, this podcast on this show we'll also have a link to the mississippi bars page what are grounds for divorce in mississippi their main website is msbar.org this has been uh, in legal terms we've kind of called this family law month on March 3rd, we had Professor Deborah Bell explaining laws concerning child custody. On March 10th, Professor Richard Gershon talked about taxes in divorce. And on March 24th, we're scheduled to have attorney Tina Seymour Demaran explain restraining orders. Craig, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me today. All right. And thank you to Professor Richard Gershon. I I don't know that we'll be back in. We might. But uh, you can always listen to In Legal Terms at 10 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.